Hi, hello, it is Josh Bowe, one of the editors at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Unfortunately, this is not a victorious episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark as the Mavericks lose on the road Wednesday night in Boston against the Celtics, 125-112, a kind of weird game if you see the final score nothing too surprising the Celtics have the best record in the in the league they have one of the best offenses they have the best offense in the league they have the best record in the league they are firing on all cylinders and of course the Mavericks have kind of had a roller coaster of a season so uh, honestly I don't think anyone would have been surprised with any result uh, Celtics winning by winning big Celtics winning close Mavericks winning big Mavericks winning close it's just kind of been how the season has gone for the Mavericks um, but if you kind of if you watch the game, it, it kind of was the same roller coaster uh, of emotions that the Mavericks have put on throughout this entire season. Uh, I'm jo- I'm joined by Ben, uh, one of our editors. Uh, no Kirk tonight, as he is just going to go right into the uh, Spotify um, Spotify Live session. So because I'm sure he's going to have forty five right. people <laughs> forty five people that want to talk after he's that gonna, games. He's gonna have a mob, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want Kirk staying up till you know two AM. So uh it's it's Josh, it's Ben. We're here talking about this game. Uh but yeah, Ben, what are your kind of your first initial thoughts? Because you were you were pretty angry at about the start of half, you know, right at the start of the third quarter. Are you still angry? What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I've come to begrudging acceptance of this is who the Mavs are. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, they're 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 sort of good. They're a really confusing team. Um, you you've kind of gone on about it. You wrote the article about like, hey, they're the perfect team for discourse because they're kind of like you can you can whatever you want to see in them, you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're optimistic about them, there's they give you plenty of stuff to latch onto. If you're negative about them, they give you plenty of stuff to latch onto, and you kind of see that tonight where they were getting the break speed off of them, and then they in the fourth quarter, it's like they just were like, hey, you know, we're kind of a good team we can kind of play with these guys but by then it was you know too late um just uh i guess the biggest thing that i you know this is really my first time watching the celtics close this year and they're just a really good team it's really fun to watch them move the ball around um it wasn't until the fourth quarter like i said that the mavericks really got a handle on on you know their offense um and and it would be nice to see the Mavericks uh to me it feels like the Mavericks offense has gotten really stale compared to last year and it would be nice to see some of what we saw out of Boston come out of the Mavericks because uh you know with Luka they've they don't have the same talent uh especially on the perimeter that the Celtics have but you know they they have some options there where they can at least be better than they are right now yeah, for sure. That was the thing that stood out in the first half, especially. Like the two big things that stood out to me was the point you're making about the the difference in how both these teams go about offense. And then, you know, we can talk about the other thing later, which was just how anemic their defense was. But starting with the offense, because it was so obvious, I mean, obviously the Celtics team has been playing, you know, Tatum and Brown and Smart. Uh, and even Horford, even though he left for a couple of seasons, um, these guys have been playing together for a while, um, yeah. and they know how to play together. Which is funny because the Mavericks have also been playing together for a while. Say, Sometimes yeah. you don't; they don't act like they've been playing together for a while. But like you just see the off-ball movement, the cutting, um, the passing. Um, they had four of their five starters had at least four assists. 
Brown had four, Horford had four, Tatum had five, and Marcus Smart had nine. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, for, and then oh go ahead. Well, for the team, it was twenty-nine to twenty in favor of the Celtics as far as assists go. So yeah, they really moved it around better than the Mavericks did. Yeah, and that assist, I mean the Mavericks, that assist number jumped up a lot in the in the second half because uh, it was not looking good in the first. Right. And the, and the thing that I noticed and you, t- and you tweeted it, you tweeted a, a play, the Mavericks ran against the jazz in the playoffs where there's just a lot of off, you know, it's still like the thing about Luca's usage and the, the narrative around it and getting his teammates involved and all that stuff is like, there's not really a solution to limiting his his usage just because, I mean, they literally just have two guys on the roster that can dribble. That's it. Like, Luke is yeah. going to have a high usage rate. There's nothing you can do about it unless you make a, a, a significant roster change. But there's ways you can leverage his usage so that he's not always one-on-five going to the basket and getting pushed to the floor uh, repeatedly like he sometimes does for long stretches and that play you tweeted you know that the Mavericks ran against the Jazz in the playoffs was was a perfect uh, example of that like he still controlled the ball from start to finish but the movement in the off screen and the screening actions and and you right. know, like a screener screening for the screener um, just a lot of really cool stuff uh, but at the end of the day it's still Luca you know, initiating and Luca finishing a, a layup at the, at the basket but it's a layup at the basket without anyone really near him. So he's not getting killed. Yeah. It's just, a, it gets yeah. him an easy bucket, you know, just yeah. with the movement. Um, and then, like I said, specifically, you know, I don't know if that play works against the Celtics because they didn't, they weren't playing drop like uh, the jazz That's were in that true. series. But I mean, just, you know, the, it's not the specific play that I want. It's the movement off ball. Like you're talking about that. Hey, just, you know, do something besides four guys watching Luca, or you know, every now and then they'll have a guy come set a screen for him, maybe just to get a switch. Um, but it's just a really stale offense so far. Um, I don't know, you know, if that's going to change or not. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Christian Wood here. Maybe he can, you know, just him being involved can can liven things up a little bit. But it really is just you know, Luca kind of bashing his head against a wall sometimes, and it's kind of frustrating to watch, especially when you see a good team like the Celtics. Um, just all the the creative stuff that they were running tonight. Yeah, for sure. It was just crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Like the Celtics have a possession where all five, four or five guys touch it, let off ball movement, and they get a wide open layup or a wide open three. And the Mavericks would come down the court, walk it up slowly. Luca gets one screen uh, at the top of the key, and then kind of dribbles into a post up and takes a shot. And like that was the first quarter. Like and most of the first half. I mean, guys were just standing and watching. And to some degree, it's, you know, it's talent. Like, you know, if you took Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic off of each of these rosters and then you judge the rest of the rotation guys, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, it's not even close. And that's, yeah. been, a, that's been a sore point for a couple of years now. And the Mavericks have been able to overcome it because Luka's so good and because they've found ways to leverage those role players to kind of maximize their talents. And you're right. Like, it just doesn't. It just doesn't feel like they're doing that. Like, yeah, Bullock and Finney Smith and a lot of these guys are, are spot-up shooters, but, like, you know, they can cut. They can do some other – you know, they can screen off the ball. Like, they, there's a, there's more opportunities, I think, out there. Um, yeah. And, so, and yeah, it looked weird. It's a lack of creativity, you know. I, yeah. I, I like – you know, you talked about him dribbling. I like that they use those Barkley post-ups for Doncic where he just, you know, dribbles into a post-up because um, that actually – it's, like, a good, a good way to kind of – he's still running the possession, but it's just not as um, strenuous for him. 
Um, but they're not doing anything off ball to like make it a creative play. So then it's just really easy to defend. So, you know, that that's where I'd like to see just more creativity on the guys that are off ball, I think. And I, you know, I don't know, I'm not smart enough to figure that out, but just, do, <laughs> you know, doing something around the, yeah. you know, those guys, like you're saying, man, just like have those guys screen for each other or something. So it's just, yeah, fresh for sure. And another, another game where the starting lineup is hilariously imbalanced. Um, three starters combined for 16 points. Dwight Powell played 11 minutes and didn't even get a shot a- attempt. He got fouled once. He had one point and one rebound in 11 minutes. And <laughs> that's not really Powell's fault. Again, it's it's just kind of the limitations of, you know, you know, this is why, you know, th- th- this is kind of like you could kind of see this is why the Mavericks tried to replace Powell as their starting center. But like again, it goes back to well, why did they try to do it with with McGee? And I don't know if we want to go down that road. But then Bullock continued to not make anything. Um, he had five points in 27 minutes, one of three from three. Dorian picked it up a little bit late, but for the first three quarters, he was basically invisible. Yeah. Um, and his defense was – defense oh, for – yeah, Finney yeah. Smith and Bullock's defense was was rough in the first Tough half. Tough night for those guys. It's – you know, we're, we're not there yet, but, I mean, we're almost a quarter way through the season. It's getting close to hard conversation time with those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, but now, you know, we could talk about – you know, since we're talking about, uh, you know, slight change to the defense, we'll talk about Wood after this. But the defense is quietly, I think, they entered this game, I think, fifth in cleaning in uh, cleaning the glass defensive rating, and I think they were fifth in NBA.com defensive rating. And it's early for those kind of stats, but also, like, I think there was maybe a false sense of security. Uh, again, the Celtics are so good, they make every defense look pretty bad on most nights. But, like... I think this game was a represent, uh, representation of just how soft the Maverick like Maverick schedule is. Like their defensive rank, I feel like moved up like three or four spots after that Houston game that they lost. Yeah. Um, the defense was was <laughs> it was a problem. They had no rim protection. Um, they had no perimeter contain uh, for about three quarters, and they just really were helpless it felt like and the only way they got back into the game a little bit defensively was by kind of trapping and and being a little bit more aggressive on the perimeter but man when they were just kind of playing their base defense i mean they had no edge i mean they had nothing it was they had nothing i know the celtics went crazy from three but how many of those had guys that took like took like gather dribbles like they had time to do that because there was just no attempt at it at a closeout um the defense was bad tonight yeah yeah that's how they they ended up shooting 50 percent from three the celtics and and yeah you can tell that's why is because early on the celtics got such easy penetration you know so the mavs collapsed hard on that and just gave them huge open looks you know so uh i don't know like i said it, it, it <laughs> there there just seems to be something off with the defense the numbers are good but it just doesn't feel the same as, I don't know. It, it, it lacks that urgency, I guess, is something. And maybe that's something they're trying to pace themselves. I'm not sure that, that, that you know, you, you wouldn't think so, but maybe that's, I don't know. Just it's, the team feels off. I think that's, you know, it's kind of a nebulous thing to say, but man, like it just something doesn't feel right all the way around. And, and the defense is part of that. Yeah. They don't, they certainly don't have the edge they had last season. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, again, Celtics are a tough matchup, but you know, last season they were much more aggressive, like with Powell uh, playing up uh, in the pick and roll. Um, 
but it just it feels like they're playing a little bit more on their heels now. Um, Luca had a had some really. I mean, I don't want to criticize Luca too much this game because I mean he was he was the Mavericks <laughs> entire team for the most part, but he had some pretty bad defensive possessions too, and it was just just kind of felt like when it rains it poured, like they just couldn't they couldn't get anything together, and then they started doubling Tatum in the fourth quarter, and, and that's where things looked a little bit better. So I guess we can move to. They technically outscored the Celtics 63 to 55 in the second half. Wow. Um, this looked like it was going to be a 35 point laugher. Even at the start of the third quarter, I, you know, I think they had a 21 point lead. And I think the Celtics started the third quarter and pushed it up to like 29 or 30. Uh, and then something, you know, just midway through the third quarter, it just kind of switched. And lo and behold, a lot of it was kid playing a lot of the guys that were had that have been most productive. Um, he played Luca, he played Green, Josh Green, and he played Christian Wood together for a majority of the second half, end of third quarter, most of fourth quarter. And surprise, surprise, those have been the Mavericks' three most productive players statistically, I think, this season in terms of you know if either it's efficiency or raw production, and the, they turned it around. What did you kind of think of the fourth quarter? I, I liked the energy, the especially going to what they they kept going slow with like post ups to Wood, yeah. um, who was huge. But I mean, like it really, I guess it kind of slowed the game down and stopped. You know, the the Celtics weren't able to like get the pace going at you know at the speed that they wanted to. So I guess that was the right call um, between you know Luca, you know Luca post ups or Luca slow isolations and those. Um, post-ups to wood it's a it's a really weird just weird, weird thing to see in 2022 is you know luca throwing an entry pass to uh christian wood and letting him go to work on the block but you know <laughs> it worked i mean yeah. so um you know that was you know like i said between the trapping and that it really just slowed the game down for the celtics and i think they kind of assumed the mavs were gonna let up and and they didn't so again it's, it's good to see that they you know didn't just give up and just completely get, you know, blown out and, you know, in the fourth quarter. But um, by then I think, it, you know, they had all ex- expended way too much energy to really get back into it. Yeah, for sure. And lo and behold, Wood plays a season high 34 minutes and that's 26 points, uh, 12 rebounds, two assists. He did have four fouls and five turnovers. Yeah. You kind of saw the good and the bad because despite uh, as, as much of a run they made in the second half, I mean, he was kind of giving it up on the defensive end. But it was to the point where I think we're at the point where I don't think anyone is acknowledging that Wood doesn't have major defensive limitations. But at this point, like, what else can they do? Like, right? You're just like, you know, Finney Smith and Bullock, and you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., who we haven't talked about, uh, missed all five of his three pointers, two points. Uh, when was the last time he made a three? Uh, Friday, November 18th was the wow. last time he made a three-pointer. <laughs> He's gone 0 for 10 in his last two games. He scored four points in his last two games. And it's like, how often can you just see these guys continually not produce and not want to make a change? Like, you know, Wood has his warts for sure. And I'm sure he does stuff that pisses the coaches off. Like he had five turnovers. He had some bad offensive fouls where he kind of just bulldozed into guys with uh, when he had the ball in his hands. But man, he scored 26 points on 14 shots, and like maybe maybe it's not sustainable for winning basketball for him playing 34 minutes, you know, because his deficiencies can you can shine a brighter spotlight on it. But they got to try something else than what they're doing yeah. because what they're doing before this, before they played Wood a bunch of minutes was just it was ugly, it was awful, and there's no denying that when Luca 
and, and Wood were on the floor in the second half, the Mavericks looked like a much more competitive team and warts and all. Like, so just maybe they just they just got to get you know. That's like the one bright spot of this game is can they can they look at this? Can this coaching staff look at what happened in the fourth quarter and carry that over? Because it's not a guarantee with these coaches. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, that feels you know on a team that's we that doesn't have a lot of answers in terms of like internal development outside of maybe like Josh Green. This they just they got to get Wood in there, just start him, play him with Luca as much as possible, and just see where it goes. Yeah, well, it feels like Kid is coming to this with like this preconceived notion of what he wants the team to look like and be, instead of working with what he's got, and and that's kind of frustrating because there's just been plenty of examples in Dallas, even with Rick Carlisle, and then down the road in San Antonio with Greg Popovich, of good coaches looking at their roster and saying, "Here's what I have, here's what we need to run." You know, I, this is my preferred style, but you know what? That's not going to work this year because of what I've got on the roster. And it seems that kid is like just dead set on recreating what uh, the Lakers won with in the bubble with the Lakers. Um, and, and I just don't, you know, and so, and obviously Christian Wood does not fit that, you know, that's, that's not, they didn't have anybody like that. You know, it was all a team built on, you know, big tough guys with defense and that, you know, Wood is more of a finesse guy and more of an offense, offensive guy. And so, you know, it's just frustrating to watch him, you know, just refuse to work with what he's got. Um, rather, you know, it, it, like I said, he just seems dead set on, on this vision that he has of a team. And he just doesn't have the players for that. That's that's fine if it, maybe it works or not. I don't know. Uh, but he doesn't have the players for to recreate the 2020 uh, Lakers. And, you know, despite trying to get, Javel McGee in here and and have that piece, uh, so that that's you know hopefully he's got a little bit of flexibility in him. It seemed like maybe last year he did, um, but then also it seems like maybe he's falling back on some bad habits that he had in Milwaukee too. So I don't know, man. It's just um, right now it's a little frustrating, and it's and, and I see people you know online will say, well, hey, you know everyone in the West is kind of about this nine and seven mark, you know, and somewhere in there, but it feels like, I mean, it's okay. I think to be disappointed in this Mavs team, because I feel like they should be, have the, a similar record to these Celtics, like 14 and three or something because of the, the teams that they've gotten on their schedule and, and who has not played in those games. You know, they, they, what they missed, uh, uh, Paulo Bancaro and Magic. Um, they missed Zion and McCollum didn't play when they faced the Pelicans. I don't think. No, McCollum uh, played. They missed. Uh, oh, McCollum played. Zion, uh, Ingram. Yeah, Ingram Zion, Ingram, play. and Herb Jones. And Herb That's Jones. right. So you know they've just gotten a ton of like luck like that, where they catching teams on like the second night of a back to back and the third game in four nights, and to I mean before um, tonight, you know sitting at nine and seven just feels disappointing. I think it's okay to feel disappointed. And want them to, you know, with the type of schedule they'd be handled, go out and be the, you know, number one seed in the West, you know, even if it was only for the first 20 games and then maybe their schedule that some of that schedule luck caught up with them. But I don't know, it just feels like a missed opportunity to bank some early wins. And we're kind of talking like we did last, you know, last year where we kind of thought they'd race to a, you know, a good record early and they kind of stumbled out of the gate. So, yeah, uh, we were talking about this in Slack that like we're running out of, things to say about this team yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the just, same narrative every year yeah it's oh wow lucas scored 42 and, and played a uh, dynamite game and the mavericks lost by double digits to a good team wow that that's never happened before like <laughs> just like <laughs> i don't know
The only thing that's different is it's um, Dinwiddie that's got like the 15 to 20 points instead of Brunson. So. Right, right. But now there's no Brunson and there's no one really right. doing that off the, you know, unless it's Christian Wood, but it's, it's kind of different. But, you know, the only thing that's felt kind of dynamic has been like watching Josh Green do some stuff. And, and otherwise it's been, you know, maybe, and then Wood doing some stuff, but otherwise it's like, We've we've watched a lot of games where Hardaway is, has missed a bunch of shots and they lose. We've watched a lot of games where you know Bullock and Finney Smith combined to score like twelve points and they lose, or or we've watched games where Finney Smith makes all his threes and he scores like eighteen points and they win by fifteen. Like, it's just you know the roster hasn't changed much, so the outcomes of the game and the way that they get to those outcomes hasn't changed much. So it's been tough to talk about. Man, we talked about a whole podcast. We haven't even really talked about Luca and forty two. Yeah, no, it's incredible, um, man. He he just. I, I don't know, man. It's it's fun to watch him. Just the way he, he, you can say he gets like creative baskets and stuff. But sometimes just the usual. I mean, just a post up into a fadeaway, and just you know the way he hits those. It's it's fun to watch, man. He's just so. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm like without words to talk about how good he is to watch. You know, I get cranky with him sometimes, especially when he like yells at the refs and stuff like that. But it really is, you, you know. With basketball, a lot of times you can tell when you're watching someone special, and it's just every game almost. You know, he's got he's got a, a few bad games, and, and a bad game from Lucas like 22 points. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, just watching him, you you know, you can see you're watching a dude who's gonna if he stays healthy, he's gonna be like a top 20 player. Yeah, and what was crazy? I think what was really impressive about him tonight, and I mean, no shock, he looks like a totally different player when he's playing prime time against the best team in the league in Boston on a Friday night. Like, I don't want to go too deep down that that narrative about you know his his energy level to start games against great teams in prime time and bad teams on a Wednesday night in March. But um, the thing that I really appreciated with him tonight was his consistency throughout the game. And I know defensively yeah. he wasn't all the way there, but offensively he didn't play a bad quarter. I mean, first quarter he was six to 10, 15 points. Uh, second quarter, he made three of three, seven points. Third quarter, he was six of 10 for 13 points. Like his worst quarter was the fourth quarter. And I mean, he was still two of five with four assists and seven points um, and three rebounds. Uh, so like he was, I mean, there were a lot of opportunities for him to pack it up in the second quarter and, and early in the third. And I mean, he just, he came at him. He just yeah. consistently kept putting in buckets. I never felt like there was like a little stretch there where like he cut the Celtics lead from like, like it was almost 30 and then he kind of cut it to like 20 or, or 18 and which doesn't feel like a lot, but he just kind of kept walking down the court and kept nailing mid-range turnaround fadeaways in the third quarter. Kind of reminded me of Dirk a little bit, how Dirk would just kind of keep plugging away. Um, yeah. I was like, man, I don't think you're going to come back against the Celtics uh, if you're just going to keep walking the ball up the floor and shooting mid-range twos. But he he did, and they got back in the game because, like, you know, he just kept the scoring pressure on and, and didn't let the Celtics, you know, didn't allow the Celtics to ease up. So this was another great Luka game. It's a shame that, um, you know, not only did the Mavericks lose, but this isn't even a close you know, it's not a close game. One a clutch game. They lose by uh, double digits. I think it's their first double digit loss of the season. For that to happen yeah. on a night where Luca was so good is that's tough. That's really tough. But yeah. you know, I think the the big difference, you know, is is when Tatum goes off the court, the the Celtics still have Jalen Brown out there. You know, yeah, and or, or Brogdon. Yeah, so, uh, so Brogdon I mean, was I think, great. 
Yeah, Brown had 31 points and uh, <laughs> Brogdon off the bench, 13, two of four shooting from three. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, if somebody else, but then the the Celtics, all five starters are in double digits. Yep. So um, that that's where I think it's huge is the, the Mavs are, I think they're just that, it sounds kind of crazy to think just one guy short. And I think they do need some shoring up in some other places, but man, if they just had someone else that could, could keep, you know, the, keep the thing, the offense going when Luke is able to sit, I think that would just be a huge thing or just take some of the scoring pressure off him when he's on the court. Yeah. That's probably what's so frustrating about the team. I mean, if this team was the exact same and they had one more, I mean, this is kind of, kind of feels obvious, but like if right. it was the same roster and they just had like one more, like also like another all-star yeah. they'd be tight. Like they'd be the favorite to win. Like imagine this team the same way built the exact same way, but they had Jalen Brown starting yeah. like they would be incredible. Uh, and the Mavericks just can't seem to find that guy. And they've tried a couple times. They're going to try again uh, within the next year or so you have to imagine, but yeah, it's just, that's probably why it's so frustrating because Luca is so good at, you don't need that much more, but they, right. they, they definitely need, they, definitely yeah, they, need they don't need another MVP candidate. That's what's, no, you know, don't. yeah, they just need like a borderline all-star guy who can, you know, look like an MVP every like eight nights or so. So yeah, exactly. Well, Ben, I don't have much else to say because again, I just feel like I've watched this Mavericks game 800 times in the last four years. So you got any, you got any, any closing thoughts or anything else you want to add or you just want to get out of here? And no, I'm just, um, yeah, I will say, I'm just going to go think about Thanksgiving food, uh, Luca for MVP and let's, let the Mavericks finish in like the top 20 so that uh, I can convey that Knicks pick. So that's, that's <laughs> my only go. goals for this season. So. <laughs> there you go. You, you got to have modest goals. There you um, go. <laughs> Anything else is going to be icing. So Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can only be, you can only be, uh, you won't, you'll never be disappointed with the there you go. goals. Uh, so we're going to be, you know, holiday break. Uh, I think we're going to try to maybe get some stuff up on the site uh, during Thanksgiving and Friday, but. With everyone, you know, with the holidays, it's probably going to be pretty quiet around the site. And lucky enough, the Mavericks don't play, so we don't have to worry about that. Mavericks don't play again. Another two nights off. Uh, the schedule is freaking crazy. Um, they don't play again until Saturday. They play a uh, fun little back-to-back Toronto at Toronto at Milwaukee uh, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, schedule's not getting any easier we're gonna we're gonna really see what this team's really made of uh presumably kirk will be back ben though thanks for joining me i appreciate you you hopping on today thanks for having me well well let's get out of here again mavericks lose to the celtics 125 oh my gosh i lost the score 112 125 112 it's been that kind of night thanks ben uh we'll talk to you guys later